0: This call is being recorded. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing right over at the pewterplank.com. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at the at jyarko underscore bucks, and at dh82 underscore bucks. We are closing in on the very end of our 40 teams in 40 days where we're profiling 40 different college programs and their NFL draft prospects and who would be a good fit for the Buccaneers. By the time you're listening to this, uh, the 38th out of 40 of those will be published. It'll be the Syracuse Orange Men. So make sure you check that out and all the other profiles that we have done right over at the pewterplank.com. With that, David, let's go ahead and kick this episode off. We had a great conversation with Scott Smith uh, on Wednesday's episode. And for those of you that haven't heard it, go ahead and check that out. Scott Smith of course the senior writer and editor of um buccaneers.com he talked to us about uh, the firing of Jay Hayes the Mike Smith, the Mike Evans uh contract issues the um the hold up with Brent Grimes and of course we talked a little NFL draft but David we're going to jump in to some free agency discussion and a name that has begun floating out around uh Around the, I don't even really know what what to call it. In baseball, I call it the the hot stove. But we're starting to see some connections between the Buccaneers and superstar running back Le'Veon Bell. Trevor Sycamore started to break it down in the cover three. And, of course, many of you have seen Mark Cook on Twitter tweeting Le'Veon Bell literally multiple times a day in order to try to entice him to come to Tampa. I joined in on the fun today. But Trevor broke down in the cover three kind of how the Buccaneers could swing, not only getting Le'Veon Bell, but getting Le'Veon Bell for the price tag that he will command, as well as keeping Mike Evans, which would be really impressive because you don't want to – I don't know. Would you would you sacrifice being able to keep Mike Evans if it meant that the Bucs got on Bell?
1: Uh, no, only because it is a passing league. It's a quarterback focused league and you know, there there's no there's no team out there in in today's NFL that is having consistent success with what weak passing game and a strong running game. It's just not happening. So, you have to maintain your your passing attack um while you try to bolster your your running attack. So but at the end of the day, yeah, the, the receiver quarterback connection is gonna be more valuable to uh, prolonged success than the running back is.
0: Now a couple of the things that that Trevor pointed out in his cover three, which if you haven't read that, check it out over at Pewterreport.com. It's it's really, really well done. Not only does he break down the Le'Veon Bell situation, but then he dives into film study on Saquon Barkley and kind of opens up that debate as to who you would rather have, Le'Veon Bell or Saquon Barkley, if it's me personally. If those are my two options, I would rather have Le'Veon Bell. Yes. Um, but the the Buccaneers have set themselves up in a cap situation now where they can swing this kind of move. They can sign Mike Evans, who is probably going to end up getting more money than Julio Jones or Antonio Brown, just given the timing of his contract, not necessarily because he's a better receiver. Um, if I'm picking one today, I'm taking Mike Evans over Julio Jones. When you look at the longevity left, the higher ceiling, um, you know, that I would lean Evans over Julio. I would not take Julio over Antonio, or I would not take Evans – over Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's the best receiver in the league, bar none. But the Buccaneers have themselves in a cap situation now where they can sign Mike to the big money, long-term deal. They can sign Le'Veon Bell to the big money. Long-term is kind of subjective. I mean, how long of a term are you talking about signing a a running back who's about to be, what, twenty six? So you're talking Um, twenty six and three days, yeah, maybe a
1: four year deal. Yeah, I was going to go five. I mean, maybe four with with a player option or team
0: option, something like that. Right, right. So you're you're looking at that now. That means you may have to put off signing Jameis. You can let Jameis Winston ride out the next two years with that fifth year option. He can ride out those next two years, and and we know they're not going to let him out the door. We know they're not going to let him hit free agency. But with him still under that that rookie salary cap, you can front load the Le'Veon Bell money and get all of his major guarantees out of the way before you have to give Jameis his one hundred billion dollar contract that will, uh, you know, be the the highest, make him the highest paid player in the NFL for like three days until another quarterback signs somewhere else. But. The other thing to look at is, and it's something that, that Trevor touched on, didn't really go into too much detail. If you do this, you are not going to be able to afford to bring back Donovan Smith, Ali Marpeb, and Quan Alexander. Now, that's not saying you're not going to bring back any of them. What I'm saying is you cannot afford to bring back all three. So now you have to make a decision. Okay, we have one year left for each of these guys. So, Quan Alexander would have to be priority number one out of those three. Then I would put Ali Marpet as priority number two. You have nothing against Donovan Smith, but he's not the caliber player that Quan or Ali is. So, that now puts you in a situation where you're going to have to either sacrifice a little bit of talent at left tackle which, I mean, Donovan Smith is already middle of the row. But you're going to have to sacrifice talent in order to sign a less expensive left tackle and free agency, or that becomes your number one priority in the draft. If you're bringing in Le'Veon Bell, you're expecting to you get more wins. It's a guy that, that as, as Gil Brandt on NFL.com said, who has also now linked Le'Veon Bell to the Buccaneers and free agency that he ha, How did he phrase it? He completely opens up the offense. Uh, I think he unlocks the offense, unlocks the offense. That's that's yeah. what it was. You know, you expect to get more wins. You're expecting double digit wins at that point. Yeah, that's kind of the, the final piece of the of the playmakers on offense that they need as a running back. And if you can get the best in the NFL, you go out and you get him but that's going to drop you down into the 20s at least in terms of of your your where you sit in the draft so now you're looking at having to take a franchise left tackle to get him underneath that rookie salary cap wage and you're going to sacrifice the talent there that's not saying that you know if you don't take a left tackle in the top 10 he's not going to be any good but that's one of those premier positions that that we hear so many people talk about quarterback left tackle defensive end those are the three premier positions in the nfl if you're going to build a winning team and that's why those guys go in the top 10 that's why you see so many people trade up for a quarterback that's why you see left tackle generally being the first offensive lineman taken that's why you see defensive ends as as scott smith talked about on on Wednesday's episode that after golf and Wentz went, then the next position taken was Joey Bosa, a defensive end. So, is it worth to you? Is it worth the risk of tying up that kind of money? You're talking 50, 60 million guaranteed in Le'Veon Bell. Is it worth spending that kind of money? if that's the kind of situation that you're about to put yourself in.
1: Yeah, of course. I I mean, I, to me, it's an easy, it's an easy decision. If, if you have the opportunity to negotiate with Le'Veon Bell, you go in there and you go in there hard and you go in there uh, looking to come out with a signed contract because guys like Le'Veon Bell don't just appear on the free agent market every year. Um, This, you know, players of his caliber aren't just available every day. So um, when you're when you're a team like the Buccaneers, who, for all intents and purposes, you know, uh, even with all those struggles, the offense in many ways actually got a little bit better. Um, probably ain't crucified for saying that, but there are <laughs> there are some very serious categories where the offense actually got better and James Winston actually got better um, despite the injury. So bringing a guy like Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you, you bring a player like Le'Veon Bell into your backfield. You just made your offensive line better by putting Le'Veon Bell back there because of the way that defenses now have to play and have to uh, read more than more than they can just kind of go with their instinct. You know, it, it kind of goes back to what we were all saying during the entire 2017 season, Charles Sims is in there. Okay, so it's a pass. So now as a defender, I know I'm either going into my pass and in, into in my blitzing uh, uh, technique because I know that's what we're doing when we see pass or I'm going into my cover Charles Sims. Uh, situation because I know that's what my assignment is for that play, and there's really no read and react time, which which leads to no hesitation out of the defense. You put a guy like Le'Veon Bell back there, and and that that goes away. That advantage for the defense goes away, and if you use it properly as an offensive coordinator or as a head coach, then you can use that to make your offensive line look better than it is. Um, so, and, and like like he said on NFL.com, you can unlock a lot more on your offense than you can uh without a guy like that so it, it's well worth it and you know posturing for the future is always important and, and you mentioned it and i know uh trevor has mentioned it before and i know it's it's you know it's there are there are other like-minded people who think the same thing but basically in, in the first hundred picks of every draft you should be taking either a pass or a pass rusher or a pass protector well as long as james winston is healthy from a career standpoint right like i know he got the shoulder injury but his career is not in jeopardy. As long as his career is not in jeopardy, you don't necessarily need to take a passer in the first hundred picks of every draft. Uh I still kind of stand by they need to take one in the first hundred picks of this year's draft, but that's a whole other discussion. Now, pass rusher obviously is a need, pass protector is still a need. But if you're taking a pass protector, you know, if, if you're looking down the line, if you're Jason Light and kind of like what you just broke down, where okay, if we you know dedicate this much money to Bell. You know, in current situation, we don't see releasing Jerome McCoy. We don't see releasing the blah, blah, blah. blah. What situation we're possibly going to put us in is kind of like mock drafting, but instead you're kind of mock mock, uh, mock moving your roster, right? Draft a left tackle at least twice out of the next three 100, uh, first 100 picks, right? In the, last, the next three years' drafts, draft a pass protector. And you have a pretty solid chance of finding a guy who may not be a transcendent Joe Thomas, but he's a very suitable starter. And like you said, when Donovan Smith's contract comes up, now you can shift him and you can say, hey, thanks for your time here in Tampa. Good luck in the future. And you can let him walk off in the sunset and plug in another guy who's now got one or two years of of experience behind him developing and make that person your starter and keep your core players like your Ali Marpetz, your Quan Alexanders, your uh, Mike Evans, your Le'Veon Bells. So that's that's kind of the way it's got to go, and that's that's the the magical game. That's why teams like the Patriots are so rare. Because at the end of the day, if you look at the greatest teams since free agency became a thing, you're talking about teams that have one, two, maybe three core players that they really hold on to. Uh, you know, guys like Tom Brady, guys like uh, I don't know, even Ben Roethlisberger. You you're you're talking about guys like that. That's where you need to dedicate all your money to. That's where – not all your money, but the, the majority of your money. The rest of your money is going to go towards rotational pieces because you're going to need to bring in uh, – it's just kind of sticking with the Steelers. What they had, like – was his name? Larry Foote, right, was a the linebacker there for a while, and then yeah. they got rid of him and brought in another guy. Like Ryan Shazier came in there, and he was looking like the next big thing until he got hurt, you know. And the, But they also drafted uh, JJ's younger brother, so TJ's in there. He's ready to step up if need be. And they're going to do it. And another team that for a good while during during the 2000s that had a, a, a pretty good run of defensive success, right, it was the New York Giants. And we've talked about that before, their defensive line. You know, when, when Michael Strahan was, was retiring, they had a couple guys ready to kind of take up and, and step up into that starting role. They may not be Hall of Fame guys, but they were serviceable enough to keep that defense from plummeting to the bottom of the league. And then, you know, they would they would shift, uh, you know, Robert Ayers left and they had another guy uh, well ready and willing to kind of step up in there and and try to make that stuff. And, uh, you know, obviously the Giants defense underperformed last year. So maybe that's discrediting my argument. But the point is, in the National Football League, you can't keep your entire roster intact. That's not news. We all know this. Um, The key is, as a general manager, and this is what makes the best ones the best, is which players are the thing that are the, are the juice of my team, which ones are the ones that make my team go. Those are the guys I got to pay. Those are the guys I got to keep. And those are the guys I have to sell to, to the program as my, as my cornerstones of the franchise, the rest of the guys, they're going to leave. They're going to rotate out. You're going to bring in rookies. You're going to bring in other veterans. You might bring in a one or two year stopgap veteran while you're developing another rookie behind them, whatever you got to do. But Le'Veon Bell is one of those guys. He's a cornerstone guy. Uh, Quan Alexander is a cornerstone guy, Ali Marpet's cornerstone guy, Jameis Winston's a cornerstone guy. So there's four right there. And I hadn't even said Mike Evans yet. So there's five, right? So bottom line is if you're talking three, three is a, is a high number two. You look like the Dallas Cowboys with Aikman Smith and Irvin. Like that's probably about the best you're going to get right there, but you really have to start to decide which relationships and which impacts are the most significant. You know what I mean? Because, you talk about Ali Marpet and Quan Alexander, and you just said you probably put Quan above Ali Marpet, and I get that because Quan's a quarterback of the defense. So you know, conventional wisdom says that that middle linebacker is a little is slightly more valuable than an offensive lineman. But again, you know, differences in football theology, that center quarterback relationship is is pretty important, and having a center who knows how to to operate the line and, and, and give out the assignments to make your scheme work. Is also important. So if if so, maybe that puts Ali Marpet, you know, a, a peg above. And then again, you know, going back to to the Mike Evanses of the world and and all that stuff. So it's just it's one of those those balancing games that's never going to be easy. And that's why you do on occasion see big names like Le'Veon Bell come up in this discussion because right now between Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, Juju Smith Schuster, the the Steelers have some names that are on their roster where. They can kind of afford to call Le'Veon Bell's bluff, and, uh, yeah, it could benefit the Buccaneers.
0: Well, and not only do the Steelers have the playmakers, but they also don't have anywhere near the cap room. It's going to take some really yeah. creative maneuvering just to be able to afford putting him on the franchise tag, which he's already said that he won't sign. Yeah. And I think another thing that Le'Veon Bell's going to take into account is how – I realize it's the Steelers and, you know, they're, they're constantly in the hunt and, you know, whatever you want to say about them. But if Ben Roethlisberger retires, which is obviously happening sooner rather than later anyway, you might get one or two more years out of Roethlisberger. If that, how, how long is it going to be before Le'Veon Bell gets another chance to win a ring with the Steelers? He may look to go somewhere where there's a young nucleus that is, is growing and continuing to improve and put themselves in the situation that the Steelers have been in for all these years, where they are playoff, you know, automatics and, and always in contention to, to play in the Super Bowl, you know, not necessarily favorites to win every year because you're still in the same conference as Brady and Belichick. And, and I'm not saying that, Le'Veon Bell would be the final piece to get the Bucs to the Super Bowl. You know, that, that it, it's it's funny that we've you and I have griped so much about how bad the defense has been and in the issues on that side of the ball, and we're sitting here talking about spending sixty million dollars guaranteed on a running back when you need to sign. You have defensive linemen. You need to sign players in the secondary. You need all that defensive help. the The Buccaneers have. Correct me if I'm wrong. They have one safety under contract for next season, and that's Justin Evans. Yeah. So you have money that needs to be spent elsewhere. But a, a big factor, a, a, you know, the point that I was originally getting to, a big factor for Le'Veon Bell may be. The fact that Roethlisberger is leaving, he may like the idea of going to play with a guy like Jameis Winston. He may like the idea of continuing to work with somebody as as young and impressive as Mike Evans as he continues to grow and continues to get better. You know, as he's chasing Antonio Brown to be the best receiver in the NFL, he may enjoy a few years of being able to work with Deshaun Jackson, who is. You know, for all all accounts, a, a very beloved teammate by guys that have gotten to play with him and spend time with him in the locker room. That all could be very enticing to a player like Le'Veon Bell. And when you look at the cap space that they have compared to the other teams that have that that kind of cap space, you know the Buccaneers probably have the best roster on paper of those top five cap teams. Mm-hmm. So these are all things that, that Le'Veon and his agent are going to look at. Obviously they want their money. Le'Veon wants his money, but at the same time, he's going to want to win. He's coming from a prestigious storied franchise where he was getting to AFC championships. He's not going to go to the Browns. He's not going to go to the, the jets. he, That's not what he's looking for. He's looking for a team that he knows he thinks can compete. And of the teams that can likely afford him at his asking price, the Bucs may be his best option.
1: Right. And 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 also something, you know, that everybody's kind of expecting to happen. There's two roster moves that everybody's expecting the Bucks to make, which take their their 2018 cap expected cap space from sixty one million to seventy three million. Right um you know that that's huge right there that 12 million right there is that's levion bell money you know yeah so uh at the end of the day i mean that's that's kind of the question you have to ask yourself ask any any fan or any G, general manager would you trade doug martin and chris baker for on bell uh yeah i
0: think you would and if you really need to robert ayers frees up another five
1: yeah I like him enough.
0: I I don't. I don't want to get rid of Ayers. Don't get me (laughs) wrong. You know they they need the depth, if nothing else. I mean, Ayers isn't isn't blowing anybody's socks off, but he is a veteran leader. He is a a respected voice in the locker room, and he is he's a serviceable player at a weak position that will need depth. Yes, they need improvement. They need to go out and get Ziggy Ansa. They need to go out and draft a defensive end they or two or five. You know, but if you're trying to make this happen as a GM and a coach who are probably in your last season, if you cannot improve this team and get into the postseason, signing Le'Veon Bell is a huge step towards saving your butt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and,
1: And you know, you talk about like Robert Ayers, like, and again, we talked what we just talked about, right? There there are there are players that are not going to be on your team for a long period of time. And Robert Ayers is is, honestly, he's one of those guys, you know, whether it's it's due to his career status or or due to the money that's gonna be spent elsewhere, he's one of those guys. And I mean, if 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 the Buccaneers can draft Bradley Chubb, um you know, and keep Robert Ayers, that's that's a good luxury to have. But if they have to dump a lot of money into Le'Veon Bell and say a Tremaine Johnson. You know, I'd rather see that the Buccaneers sign an All-Pro running back and a Pro Bowl caliber cornerback, considering the draft class that we're looking at, and draft uh, a a possibly elite pass rusher, and have to get get rid of Robert Ayers' six million dollar price tag in the process. You know that that's a worthy sacrifice and that's a worthy trade off, right there. Um, But I think a lot of that. I think a lot of what we're going to see. I know this isn't the topic for today, but. I think how we see the Buccaneers approach the early part of free agency is going to kind of tell how they feel the waters of the draft are, are going to go. And that's a hard thing to do when you're more than a month out. But, you know, if, if they don't really pursue Ezekiel or they don't really pursue a, a pass rusher here in, in, the, or in the early goings of the free agent period, then I don't know. I would just I would have to believe that they believe they're going to get Bradley Chubb. But if they do pursue him, then that means that they're not so sure, or they kind of know already. They're not. They're not that he Chubbs not falling to seven. Um, And like I said, if if, you know all things being equal, you know if if we kind of asked Scott uh, on the last episode how things would work in his perfect world, you know if if I'm going to my perfect world, given the fact that the best defensive back in the class is arguably Minka Fitzpatrick, but there's questions as to whether he's a safety. Is he a corner and not for nothing, but this defense doesn't need questions. This defense needs answers. Uh, then I want to see them sign a Tremaine Johnson uh, sign a guy like Le'Veon Bell and then draft a guy like Bradley Chubb and bring back a healthy Noah Spence, bring back William Golston, potentially bring back Robert Ayers. If the, if the money works, you know um, but if, if Robert Ayers is the to be the guy that, that gets cut to facilitate all the stuff, then, you know, that's that's kind of where the business side of this whole thing comes in.
0: Well, let's since since you brought that up, let's do a quick, a quick little rapid fire. I'm we're going to play. Would you rather? Mm-hmm. Um, and not the dirty version that most of you sickos <laughs> listening will have played at a bar. So free agency, would you rather real quick? Would you rather sign Le'Veon Bell or? Jarek McKinnon and Tremaine Johnson. And? Yes. So if we sign Le'Veon Bell, do we not get Tremaine Johnson? I don't think they can afford to sign Tremaine Johnson if they're signing Le'Veon Bell, plus having to keep money for Mike Evans and Quan and Jameis and Allie. Le'Veon Bell will cost as much as Tremaine Johnson and Jarek McKinnon combined. I think if you sign Bell, you lose Johnson.
1: Uh. Hmm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you said rapid, right? Yeah, I did. I can't work all the numbers in my head this fast. Um, So just on the surface, you can't pass up Le'Veon Bell.
0: Okay. Le'Veon Bell or Tremaine Johnson and... Jeremy Hill. Love on Bell. I would rather Jared McKinnon over Jeremy Hill. Oh, I thought you were a Jeremy Hill guy.
1: I do. I like Jeremy Hill. Don't get me wrong, but I'd rather have Jared McKinnon because I feel like I you know I don't think that the Buccaneers are, are at all hooking their wagon to uh, to Peyton Barber, but Peyton Barber is the most consistent thing coming into 2018 right now, right? So when I look at complimentary football. Jared McKinnon fits with Peyton Barber better than Jeremy Hill fits with Peyton Barber. So that's, that's the biggest reason.
0: Okay. Last one, Le'Veon Bell or Johnson and Ziggy Onsa? Le'Veon Bell. Wow. (laughs) Listen,
1: you and I have already talked in private. So this is the first time I'm going to put this on, you know, over the air or whatever, but it, it, again, it all kind of just on the surface, listen, Le'Veon Bell is on his way to the Hall of Fame, right? Like,
0: we, it certainly we,
1: looks that way. Like, don't start make don't make the bust yet, but I mean, you can probably warm up the machine, right? Um, Ziggy Ans is a, a good player has has had some really great years and and all that. Don't me wrong, but um, like nobody's nobody's calling this guy like the next, you know, like he's he's not going to compete for you know Simeon Rice right now as, as like the next great Bucks defensive end. Could he potentially be that? Of course he could, but Le'Veon Bell already is that transcendent player. Like he, Le'Veon Bell already is that guy that takes your team to the next level. Um, of course he could sign with somebody else and become a, a huge bust, whatever. But I've still gone, on, I've still gone on record with you. So now I'm going to put it on record name because I don't know. That's what we're going to do right now. But depending on how Ziggy Onza leaves Detroit, if Ziggy Onza li- leaves Detroit, I don't know what Detroit's tag history is um but if if they're a tag happy team and they make ziggy onza a a competitive contract offer that he turns down and then they don't tag him that raises a couple question marks for me if they don't even offer him a competitive offer and they don't tag him then i i have some serious pause to whether or not i really want to see him come to Tampa because if if the if the franchise you're working with right now and having all the success with right now and i can't remember the number right now off the top of my head but he had like he counted for something like 60 70 percent of their sacks last year if they are willing to let you walk away without even giving you a competitive offer right then i don't know like as a general manager i think that would give me a little bit of pause it's like whoa uh it's, it's 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 a little you know concerning that a guy with this much stat production would just be allowed to walk free instead of getting paid by the team that has them. because the Lions aren't in salary cap problems. The Lions can afford to pay him, so if they don't want to pay him. There's a reason for it. Uh, not saying that you should you shouldn't sign him, but when you look at Le'Veon Bell versus Ezekiel Ansah in in a scenario where he's a free man, like Le'Veon Bell is going to be a free man, just like you said. Why? Because the Steelers may not be able to f- be able to pay him. Bottom line. They may They don't even. They can't even afford the tag right now. So even if they wanted to tag him and didn't believe he'd sit out, they can't even afford to do it in their current structure. So if Le'Veon Bell walks out, walks away, it's a money problem. It's not a lack of desire from the Pittsburgh Steelers' problem. But if Ezekiel Ansah walks away, it could very well become a lack of desire situation from Detroit. And again, that's that's got to give you a little bit of pause. Malcolm Butler, the Patriots are not. Like, Malcolm Butler's not being ripped from the grasp of the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots are saying, deuces, Malcolm. Appreciate the interception. You know what I mean? So, as solid as he's been and as much as his reputation has, has grown over his years in New England, that has to give you some pause and some reason for concern when you're talking about adding him
0: to your roster. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point for sure. But you're also talking about the same franchise that let Indomitian Sue walk. So they they don't exactly have the best track record at keeping efficient, productive defensive linemen. Now I can't remember off the top of my head if if Sue was a casualty of of their cap situation at the time, but
1: I don't know the money know. situation there. I, I don't want to knock me on my roster anyway.
0: I don't either, but there's no denying that he wasn't, you know, right. But it may not be. That's what I'm saying. Like it may not be a talent situation. It may be. A, a locker issue. issue it may be a yeah. locker
1: room issue and and not for nothing, but I think this team already showed in two thousand and seventeen they can't afford locker room issues. That's why I hate the idea of bringing keep to lead back. Okay, I know he's older, smarter, wiser, whatever, but um, this is the dude who still less than two months ago ripped a chain off another grown man on a football field out of spite, like that's not a franchise player that's not a guy who's who's looking out for the betterment of your team. that's a guy who's out there trying to settle his own beasts on a professional field um so as talented as he might be, I have zero interest in bringing Akeem Tlaib back to Tampa.
0: I'm with you, except if one thing happens. If the Raiders get rid of Michael Crabtree and he signs with the Panthers, I absolutely oh, want to leave <laughs> on this team because okay. that would be glorious. Bring him back. <laughs>
1: let, him, let him. But here's the thing. Like the weeks before you play Carolina, I need to see the Bucks go get themselves a quick veteran. Like sign David Amerson, like a one week contract, so that when, when Tlaib gets thrown out of the game at the 14th of the first quarter, you can put David <laughs> Amerson in there in his place for a couple weeks.
0: It'd be like, uh, was it Jalen Ramsey that got under AJ Greenskin so bad? It'd be like that twice a year against yeah. the Panthers. Yeah. so be- and, and real quick before we before we wrap things up something else that that trevor pointed out in this cover three that you and i talked about before we started recording you know we've seen you know a, a very very small number of people responding to trevor on social media about how levy bell isn't reliable and he's old uh, and he bust it in just that God-awful narrative. What was the other term? Not reliable. That was the one that I wanted to key in on. Le'Veon Bell is not reliable. Okay. Since his rookie season in 2013, he has been in the top two in the NFL in running backs every season. So four out of his, his five seasons, not in, you know, his rookie year, he did not finish in the top two. But it in 2014, it was Le'Veon and DeMarco Murray. Then it was Le'Veon and Peterson in 15. It was Le'Veon and Zeke in 16. And then last year, it was Le'Veon and Todd Gurley. So the mm-hmm. top two running backs are whichever running back breaks out that particular season and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. there You don't get any more reliable than that. We're talking – this is – I I I don't know for a fact off the top of my head I would say this run would make him more reliable than Adrian Peterson this early in his career. Yeah. If if not more reliable then every bit as reliable and there was nobody as reliable as Adrian Peterson during that run. Right. He's going to be 26. That's not old. You're talking about a guy you will get 4 Seasons. What? What's the what's the magic number for running backs, David? When they go downhill, thirty. You're getting four seasons of Le'Veon Bell before that that crucial age thirty season. If yeah, you him to five
1: and give him the thirty one, and believe that he can he can possibly trans he can even change that narrative. And uh, when when he turns twenty eight, I'm drafting a guy in the third round to to develop in case it comes true.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. So there's a lot of reasons to be hesitant about the idea of signing Le'Veon Bell, mostly how it impacts the future. How is it going to impact Mike Evans and Jameis Winston and Quan Alexander and Ali and Donovan and Cameron Brait and and all these guys in in a conversation that you and I are going to have next week when we start doing our, our free agency breakdowns position by position Uh, we're going to get into a Cameron Braid discussion because there is one that's certainly going to be had and a lot of Buccaneers fans probably aren't going to like my take on it. They probably aren't going to like your take on it, Mm, but you can't, you can't just think 2018 only. Right. You have to, when you look at signing Le'Veon Bell, yeah, we're all hyped. Yeah. We're jumping on online and we're, we're pre-ordering our Le'Veon Bell jerseys and we are just stoked and fired up. But does that mean that you're going to lose Mike Evans? Does that mean you're going to lose Quan Alexander? There are financial decisions that have to be made for the best interest of 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, 22, 23, 24. It's a domino
1: effect. So. Well, at the same time, you also can't play so soft and and from a general manager standpoint that you waste what you have in your pocket and that's that's what makes this game and what makes the NFL such such an amazing just just living organism because you can't like the the argument of don't go sign Le'Veon Bell and Tremaine Johnson in 2018 because in 2019 2020 you're screwed when Quan Alexander James Winston come up for contracts is very valid. It is. It's extremely valid, but at the same time, like you're you're almost playing with 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 pretend money because, uh, you know that that plan sounds great, but in week three, and I'm knocking on wood here, week three when Jameis Winston's ACL blows up and he never starts another NFL game, well, you Tremaine Johnson is now playing for the Carolina Panthers because. You played with borrowed money that you no longer have. Now you also don't have the money that you planned on having because it just got ripped out of you Uh all, all in one fell swoop. So it's just, it's just an amazing line that general managers have to have to tow. And, and that's, that's why it's so difficult to do. And that's why you don't want to see guys get fired. That's why like all, you know, through all this conversation of who should get fired, who shouldn't get fired. You know, I think, I think you and I are pretty much on the same line. there. like, like, Jason Light never came to that conversation for me. Like I never wanted to see I don't, I don't want to see anybody fired, but I never got to the point where I was like Jason Light needs to go. You know what I mean because this game is so it's just it's it's not just a game of inches on the field, it's also it's it's a game of of dollars and it's a game of years and it's a game of talent. It's, like it's such an intricate uh you know such a, a delicately woven thing that you're playing with here because you know if I were to tell you, hey, listen, I've got this plan And we're going to get a Super Bowl win out of it. Do you want me to execute it? Your answer would be, of course. Well, what if I told you that plan was sign Le'Veon Bell, sign Tremaine Johnson, draft Bradley Chubb, trade back into the first round and get, I don't know, random player at pick number 25, which completely ruins your your cap space for 2022. And you lose like 50 percent of your talent in that year and probably get fired for it. But at the end of the day, you go down as a Super Bowl winning general manager who who brought this team back from the dead, you know, so on and so forth. You probably get your name in the Ring of Honor someday and all that. And and that's great. Like nobody would ever tell you today to do that. But getting that Super Bowl win would make it almost kind of worth it. And that I have a, a good friend of mine who's an Eagles fan. And uh I just happened to stumble upon a website that makes replica Super Bowl rings. Um you know, for fans, like you can go buy a replica Super Bowl ring. And I sent him the link, and he wrote me, "Oh, that was cool." You know, ha ha ha. And I I wrote him. I said, "Buy it," and he said, "Yeah, nice." To, you know, laugh out loud. I was like, "I'm not kidding. Buy it." Like if you have 200 bucks to spend, as dumb as that sounds, buy it. And I looked at him, and I told, or I didn't look at him. I wrote him. I said, I was like, "Take it from me. It could be 15 years or more until you have this opportunity again." And you know how the little bubbles come up when someone's typing, like. Those bubbles sat there for a good three minutes and then it said, I bought it. You know what I mean? Nice. Because that's that's how hard it is to win a Super Bowl in the National Football League. So if you're Jason Light and you see the opportunity, you're like, man, I can make our offense like legitimately like, like what he said on NFL.com. I could unlock our offense with one signing. All right? All you need is that one signing. And then I could go get me a Bradley Chubb, sign a Tremaine Johnson, just do nothing but, you know, but uh uh you're not going to get Johnson Bell and Anza, but you know get Chubb get a couple other other uh pass rushers maybe later on in the in the draft uh you know draft a defensive tackle or something like that just just do nothing but defense on your draft and trust in, in the same coaching that was able to develop Noah Spence up until he got hurt the way he was Quan Alexander as young as he is and doing the things he is Justin Evans um even Vernon Hargreaves flashes of greatness trust in that coaching and get that unit to meld and, and come together and you could the feas- feasibly theoretically win a championship in the next two to three seasons, and then in that fourth year, being salary cap hell and blow it all up. But you know what? You got that Super Bowl win, or you could go easy right now, and have a great salary cap for the next five six years, and Jameis Winston could retire a Buccaneer who never won a championship. Like it could easily go down both roads. We have no way of knowing which one's going to happen. But I don't know. It just kind of came. It just kind of hit me. That's it's. I love this game because of that reason alone.
0: Well, and it's it's what's the mantra we always say when we're watching football games and in a, a team is is reserved because they they don't want to blow a lead. You play to win. Play to win the game. You don't play not to lose. Yep. And that's exactly what you're describing right there. It's only, the only difference is this is this is playing to win in the GM's office. Yeah, instead of like, on a Sunday,
1: sitting here Thursday night. In my living room or in my home office, talking with you, I'm going to play with Jason Light's job. And I'm going to play with the Glazers' money. Like if this is my decision to make today, and I've got all the guys in front of me that I want, I'm signing Bell. I'm signing Johnson. I'm releasing Baker. I'm releasing Doug, and I'm drafting. You know Bradley Chubb, whoever you know comes up, come uh, comes available. Obviously not Saquon Barkley, but Nelson whatever. And I'm drafting after that. But I'm getting myself Johnson. I'm getting myself Bell. I'm getting Bradley Chubb in in the draft. And I'm, I'm cutting those players. And you know what? If if it comes down to it and, like, where, where you know, say Ezekiel Anza is still on the table for some reason because he's not getting the money he thought he would, a la Alishon Jeffrey, and Bradley Chubb gets drafted. Like, if Alishon – if Bradley Chubb gets drafted from out from under me and lanza's is still a free agent, I'm getting someone on the phone finding out how much money he wants to come to Tampa. And, yeah, that, that's just me. But, uh, again, easy to say from where I'm sitting, but. Yeah, like you said, it's it's play to win or 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 play to keep your job in in some in some facets.
0: All right, well, David, anything else before we uh, we call it a night and wish everybody a happy weekend? No, I think we've done enough talking. So, are you is Le'Veon Bell? Are you officially all in now? Like, if if the Bucks don't get Le'Veon Bell, you're I'd gonna be sad.
1: Ben, all in. Yeah, I, I just don't think he's leaving Pittsburgh. I think the Steelers are going to find there's looking at their salaries. Like they have some ways to clear enough money to do it. I think they're going to find a way to do it.
0: That will also make me sad.
1: Yeah. Like I I honestly don't see him leaving Pittsburgh, but if he leaves Pittsburgh, like, yeah, of course above everything else. I want to see Levy but living on bell
0: playing in Tampa next year. That would be pretty sweet. And then if they go 5-11, it it 100% is on coaching. It's like, how do you not win with this team? Well,
1: if they go on 5-11, then this time next year I'll say, I can't believe they wasted all that money on on Bell. What were they thinking?
0: No, we'll be talking about how this is like the most coveted head coaching job because of all the talent on the team that would a bunch You're of lying. chuckleheads couldn't win with.
1: You're not lying. It would definitely be an attractive uh, coaching job. Um, but I don't know. Like You put Levy on Bell – James Winston, Jerome or uh, Jerome McCoy. I mean, Jerome McCoy's on the offense, but he's on the team. I don't know. I don't I don't see how you field a team like that and don't come away with with at least a, uh, an acceptable amount of success.
0: All right. Well, starting next week David and I are going to start diving into free agency breakdowns by position and we're going to go ahead and get started with the quarterback position on next Wednesday's episode. Yeah, they're they're not gonna be in the cousins market. They're not gonna be in the um, you know and they're not gonna go in the market. To, yeah. We're we're talking this is a team that right now it has Jameis Winston, and it has Ryan Griffin at quarterback. Are they going to stick with Ryan Griffin? Are they going to, you know, is is Mike Glennon going to come back to town to to carry that clipboard for Jameis? We're going to get into that discussion and maybe talk about where we see some of the top free agent quarterbacks landing across the NFL. Make sure that you're checking out everything that we do over at the peterplank.com and make sure that you're following us on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at ThePeterPlank, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Hope you all have a wonderful, safe, weekend enjoy yourselves there's no football to watch but you know you can listen to us and hopefully it'll fill a little bit of that void so thanks to each and every one of you for joining us here once again at locked on Bucks.